Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you, Megan. Megan, welcome to Bad Movies Rock, where we, you and me, not other people, just like it's, it's not the, ro- it's the, I mean, there's, there's a royal connotation to it because we're pretty great, but it's not like more than you and me. So when I say we, I refer to you, Megan, and me, Amber. Yes. We watch movies and then we talk about them. We do. Those are things that we do. They're often bad in, in, in the, the, the terms of bad being defined by critical aggregates through Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. Do we find the movies bad, though, Amber? No. Often, oftentimes, Megan, do you, know, do, do you know this about us? We don't think they're bad. In fact, I think we enjoy them. Yeah. I think that's the the uh, the entertainment justice that we try to dole out. Oh shit! It's an ant on me. Hey, <laughs> doling out some justice to that ant right now. <laughs> I did. Oh, I knocked it on the floor. <laughs> oh, well, if you left it alive, it has now the opportunity to dole out justice unto you. I know. That's you got to close that circle. End the bloodline, Megan. I know. I, we talk about it so often, and I've we just do. made a mistake. And you know, that is a lesson that they could have used in the movie that we watched this week. And the bloodline, Amber. And the bloodline. It's, uh, well, your classic colonial narrative. It is. It so is. It's, yeah. Yep. Agreed. Uh-huh. We watched John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. We did for some reason. Well, okay. When you see Jason Statham, Pam Greer, and Ice Cube in the same movie and from yes. 2001, you think to yourself, yeah, I mean, I know I shouldn't, but I kind of have to. Because I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Clay Duvall. Ugh, yeah. Clay Duvall. Good people. Why do I like Clay Duvall? Amber, why do you like Clay Duvall? It's it's a question I asked myself out loud while watching this movie, and, and we and both you, did. You echoed yeah. it. Why do yeah. I like Clay Duvall? But I really do. I really do. I can't think of that many things that she's been in that I that I really like, liked. You know, yeah, like I I can think of things I didn't like that much that she was in, but I liked seeing her in them. Liked her in them. Yes, absolutely. I Veep, the faculty. You know, she plays the 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 goth outcast person i liked her I, that movie wasn't good no amber she was in a seminal film though she is that's the thing that's the thing it's because she's in i'm a cheerleader yeah if you grew up in in the times that we grew up like i mean you had to have been in high yes. school in like the 90s ish in college in the early 2000s the aughts and if you found yourself in any of the lgbtqia affiliated groups yes there would inevitably be an in-college screening of But I'm a Cheerleader. Right. And it would likely be the first film you ever watched that was just a queer film. Yeah, that's just a queer film. And um, from from a little bit of Googling recently, uh, it, it's actually, th- there are quite a few queer actors in it, which I was fairly actually surprised by. Um, Oddly delighted by. I, I thought that it was the... It's that intentional. Yeah, delighted by, yes. They went, Absolutely. They went and made a film... That focused on 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 queer characters. They actually got queer actors to play the queer characters, and Clay Duvall is in that movie. And so that just mm-hmm. I think paid forward her entire career of goodwill yeah. from me. I just I like what you're doing. I I don't even necessarily connect it to that fact, right? But when I see you, I think to myself, I like Clea Duvall. I do like her though, don't I? Don't I like her? 
Mm-hmm. She's in this movie, too. Yes. It has quite the cast, Megan. It does, Amber. Oh, it does. And such a, such a simple plot. I mean, on face uh, value. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Megan, would you like to go over it for us? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's so much of this plot that there's so much like little things that are alluded to in in the world that they never really talk about that I think would are, are interesting but they don't factor in at all so let's just go over the the, the plot essentially it's um uh the this group of folks including um Natasha Henstridge and Jason Statham and Claire Duvall and Pam Greer they are um this group of um they're cops cops essentially yeah Yeah. they're called yeah i guess cops who are going to do a prisoner transport they're going to pick up ice cube who's been accused ice cube ice cube megan is his name ice cube Cube in this movie okay no his name's his name is james williams amber oh i'm sorry you mean desolation williams desolation williams yes um who's been accused of 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 murder so foul and beheading and hanging people upside down. Um, and so they're, they're going to go there. They're going to pick him up. Simple, Amber, easy to do. When they get there, nobody is alive. There are more people that are strung up, headless. So and there are many headless people. There's so many headless people. And not only that, but there's... At first, I thought it was like the the people who lived there. It's like a mining colony. I thought it was the people who lived there's like defenses against whatever was coming after them. Like there's these like barbed wire set up and then there's these like pieces of scissors and then and then it got creepier. There's like teeth and jars. Oh boy. Tiny those tiny little bottles with the corks, you know? Yeah. They're basically decorative mobiles. It's it's as if yeah. a psychopath decided to do some arts and crafts between beheadings. And kind of like in that like really rustic wedding kind of way where like like you said, the the adorable little festive jars with a cork. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. But we digress. This is, we're getting we're getting deep into details. Basically simple. We're on Mars. Yes. It's in the future. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. in the process of terraforming it, but they're not finished. There's a lot of mining going on. We have mm-hmm. an intro voiceover that tells us something mysterious has been found. Ancient secrets, killing things. Just don't expect anything to go well. Cops are going to pick up desolation, dead town. Hilarity ensues. Yeah, exactly. Vicious fight for the life. Oh, and and again, forgot to mention, the movie actually starts with Natasha Henstridge showing up on a ghost train. It arrived at the station on autopilot. Oh, of course. She's handcuffed. Yeah. And so the entire movie is actually her describing what happened so it's all a flashback it's all flashback and we know that she is the one person who came back on this train yeah it's uh it's such a weird like way to kind of bookend this narrative but fine it's well and they keep showing her too every every yes, time the stakes get really high they cut back to her and like oh that's right she's perfectly safe and this has already happened right yep Amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. So Amber, what did the um the critics say about this one? Sort of just a big raspberry noise. You get a 35 for the critic score and 61 for the user reviews. 
Really? I'm at 21 and 24. Ooh. Yeah. Not even the audience liked it on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, you know, it's an acquired taste. There's a... I don't know if you know John Carpenter, fair listeners, or or, or you, Megan. Are you are you familiar with John Carpenter? Are you familiar with his oeuvre? A, a bit. His a bit. His oeuvre. Yeah. Okay. I heard. I heard you. Sorry, I just wanted. I, to, I heard you. Yeah. Wanted to make sure I hit that real hard. Yeah. Thanks. What 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 work of his are you are you familiar oh, with? Now you're gonna make me like actually name things. You don't have to. Uh, I mean, everybody has a sense of who John Carpenter is, but I feel like we often forget the actual details of of what he's made. I think you're gonna need to enlighten me, Amber. Well, there's the Halloween franchise. That's him. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. People. People. People are familiar with it. Escape Horror from action. Yeah. Yeah. They live. Prince of Darkness. That sort of thing. But he also did Escape from New York. Right. And Escape from L.A., which we were also considering watching. And this was actually intended to be Escape from Mars. Yeah, that makes sense. Originally, this was going to be Snake Plissken escaping from Mars. I'd be into that. And then he did Assault on, you know, Precinct 13 that people mentioned. That's, yeah. Uh, You know, he's he's, he's had his his hand in a lot of pies. And that's, that's just the writer. Like, those are his writing credits. What he's directed mm-hmm. is Big Trouble in Little China, Christine, Starman. Have you seen Starman? I have not seen Starman. Starman is actually a, like a sci-fi romantic drama. I really like Starman. It's Jeff okay. Bridges. Like the con- Starman is amazing. A alien becomes the dead husband of a woman. Okay. And then they fall in love. All right. On on a road trip where he has to, she, she needs to, he's like, I need to get to a place. She's like, why are you my dead husband? Doesn't matter. I'm an alien. I need to get to a place. You got to help me. Also, I have these balls that let me do magic. So they go on a wild road trip and fall in love. I digress. John Carpenter's like done some shit and also apparently likes to do music. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is. <laughs> yep. The, the music in this. Either people loved or people hated. Most people hated. But some people do you, loved. Do you like relentless guitar and strange synth-based music? Yeah. Then you'll love this. The, the, this movie has become like a cult hit, and a lot of it is because of kind of the campy horrorness and and very much some people do love the relentless guitar. Yep. I mean, that's pretty much it. This was not a well-loved movie. So. A lot of people talk about how John Carpenter lost his touch. He lost a step. They love the stuff he did. And then this was sort of the beginning of the end. He's not really interested in what he's doing. He's he's phoning it in. This isn't great. But you're right. It kind of has developed kind of a cult classic status. But the critics were just not having it. Not even really no. going into description. Just, I don't like it. It's tired. It's slow. It's not interesting. A.O. Scott weighed in. Oh, did he? Let's hear it, Amber. Like a zombie picture directed by one of the undead. Okay. <sighs> Stop trying to be clever, A.O. Scott. Um, in contrast, um, Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars and called it a brawny space opera, <clears throat> um, transplanting the co- conventions of Westerns, cop, and martial arts uh, films to the Red Planet. 
Where's the um, martial art film in this? I, I wish I could tell you, Ember. Okay. John Carpenter brings pacing and style to it. And Natasha Henstrich provides a cool-headed center. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It's Roger Ebert was having a, had a happy day, apparently, when he watched this. Okay. I, okay. I... Mm-hmm. That man is hard to predict sometimes. It's really, he's really hard to predict. Mm. Some people said it was forgettable. Some people said it was confusing. Some people said it wasn't confusing, but it was just slow. Some people called out the flashback concept. And then the the part that we noticed while it was happening, the flashback and a flashback and a flashback. Yes. Uh huh. Some people loved the nonlinear storytelling, but yeah, largely uh, they were taking a pass on this one. Except for um, Roger Ebert. Except for Roger Ebert. Who also said, it delivers on its chosen level and I enjoyed it. But I wonder why so many science fiction films uh, turn into extended exercises in Blast the Aliens. Um, and then he goes, anyway. So, um, Because most yeah. of them are colon- colonization narratives. Yes. Just the uh-huh. vast majority of them. And we all know what colonization is. It's, it's Blast the Native is basically. Because I want what you have. So I'm gonna kill you. Yep. Give also, me I don't. I don't have. like your style. I don't like. I don't understand you, and I'm not gonna try. Don't like the way you do things. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna kill you and take your shit. Mm-hmm. There is a review that was written last month called "Hear Me Out: Why John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars Isn't a Bad Movie." Oh, okay. Um, and it so we're not the only on, ones on this on this yeah. tease. Mm-hmm. It goes on to talk about um, the interesting political current. There's a perfectly valid reading of the film that contextualizes the ostensible heroes as mere cogs in a colonial enterprise, reaping the violent consequences of their fix their fixation on dominion. Yeah, I mean, I, I could have told you that um, it's it's actually not that complicated, and it's you don't really have to do a, a lot of deep dive into this movie. At one point, she literally says, "This planet isn't yours anymore," and then blows yes. them up with a nuclear explosion. Uh, it's it's not a it's not a not a hard read, right? It's, uh, it's it's not context so much as or subtext. It's just um, fuck you. I'm gonna take your shit and blow you up with my big bomb. Mm-hmm. It's not your planet anymore. They're also all super primitive. Um, they use bladed weapons and blunt instruments. They're literally throwing like saw blades. And of course, the, the 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 colonizers all have guns. The, the critics aren't entirely wrong here. I I can see why people might enjoy this movie, and I can like a cult in a cult way. But I but it's not a good movie. No, you you have to pick the things you like about it. You you have to already kind of be on board or excited about something. It's eh, on its face, it's not a good movie. Not great acting. Plot is no. Action is is no. No action, so no. But there just they're, there are some interesting bits of action, but it's yeah. But there's there's just uh, there's something there's something compelling about bits of it. Like uh, most of it is the stuff that's sort of happening in the background. You know, you get the, the glimpses into the society that he's designed for the background yeah. of this movie, and I, I want to look into that, and we can we can talk about. Just some of the aesthetic aesthetic choices they made mm-hmm. that were as just wonderful as they were grotesque. Yeah, let's get into this. 
Yeah, let's do it, Amber. So, Amber, this this movie starts out with a whole bunch of um, of, of information that that they tell you. They don't show you that you know we're in the twenty second century. Uh, Mars has been eighty four percent terraformed, um, making it so that the humans can walk on the surface without pressure suits making it a lot easier to film it. Um, Martian society has become matriarchal. Um, so there's all these really kind of interesting tidbits that they 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 kind of uh, either either tell you about or show you in little pieces, but we don't we don't really get to to get into this world that uh, John Carpenter has imagined for us. And I think one of the most telling things about a man writing women is when a man tries mm-hmm. to write a matriarchal society because yes. what that seems to mean for mm-hmm. a man is that if women are in charge, they're just doing all of the same shit that men do, but they're women. So like Natasha Henstridge is Lieutenant Pam Greer is in charge and she's the boss. And, you know, wouldn't you know it, Pam Greer really wants to sleep with Natasha Hensdridge. Apparently, most people, at least most women, are lesbians. Yes, um, which mm-hmm. which we're, we're we're supposed to understand because Jason Statham's character immediately also hits on uh, N- Lieutenant Ballard, our Natasha Hensdridge character. Jason Statham is Jericho. Immediately hits on her, and she also makes it very clear to Pam Greer, Greer that she is very straight. And Pam Greer is just like, well, that is just such a shame. And Jason yep. Statham's like. I really want to have sex with you. There aren't many of us breeders left. Yep. So Which that's is- suggesting that most women are gay. And and he's like, so I, I would I would hate myself if I did not take this chance to sleep with you because you might be interested in sleeping with my particular gender. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. It's about the no. it's about your 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 sexual orientation. Yep. Yep. And I don't come across many who would even be interested in what I have to offer. So I don't come across a lot of breeders here on yeah. matriarchal Mars. So apparently when a society becomes a matriarchy, all women decide they're not interested in dick anymore. But they are still hard asses and still sexist. So like Henstridge, Greer, and Duvall are the main cop team. Statham's character is a new addition. And Greer complains about him because, like, oh, they couldn't just find me a good, reliable woman. Oh, now I'm stuck with this man. It, mm-hmm. And then she sexually harasses Henstridge as her boss by being yes. like, I really want to sleep with you. And then Henstridge later says, you know, I'm probably not going to be able to get promoted because I refuse to sleep with her. But that's okay. I'm not interested in stripes. So apparently if you're a man, you just assume that you put women in charge, they're still going to sexually harass people, they're still going to fuck everything that walks, and they're still going to, like, use power dynamics to get sex. And also the women in charge are going to be just as stupid and short-sighted at the end of the day. Because if you remember, the woman in charge makes just the dumbest decision after she hears all of Henstridge's story. Right. So, so the the Hentress is is in the beginning telling this story to the Inquisitor, Rosemary uh, Forsyth, and uh, the Inquisitor sits there stone faced for most of it, and then just it's just makes a terrible choice. Has has apparently not heard any of the actual story. And she heard it. She just doesn't like the optics of it. Yeah, so yeah, I guess. So when a man writes a woman dominated society. The women are just as self-involved, rapey, sexual harassy, and just 
dumb and brash and awful. Like Natasha Henstridge's character is basically just Snake Plissken. Yes. But a oh, yeah. blonde woman. Right. You know, brash, just walking in, doing what needs to be done, being a hard ass, taking the guy out. It's a little exhausting. It's it is it is it's amusing that a man thinks that that's what happens when women are in charge. It's just the same thing, but you swap the genders. Right. I also right. have to say that the fact that you then have men who are still gross, who are still constantly hitting on women, and who, who throw around the D word. They, they, they refer to Claire Duvall's character, who is definitely into Pam Greer's character, delightfully so. Like, as soon as they see her, they call her the D word. Yeah. How is there yep. still... Like mainstream homophobia in a world where apparently it's the dominant orientation. And and Jason Statham doesn't leave Natasha Hentrich's um character alone. He 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 does nothing but leer at her for the entire fucking film. Oh yeah, he even when they are oh, so much in leering. very much danger. So much leering, so much hitting on her. And it culminates in her being very clear she's not interested. She says the literal words, not if you were the last man on Earth. I'm sure it's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek because they're on Mars. Mm-hmm. And then as they're barricaded in kind of a last stand situation, having lost a significant number of their team to these Martians who we haven't even gotten to. We'll talk about them. Oh, yeah. He's, he grabs her, pulls her aside, and is like, here's a closet. It's a really safe closet. This door shuts real nicely. And she looks at him and she's like, are you trying to fuck me right now? Is that what you are you trying to have sex with me in this situation right now after I have turned you down multiple times? He's like, well, we might be about to die. So then she kisses him because she's into it. Yeah. I, I'm of two minds about this. Most of my mind, 80% of my mind, probably 95% is thinking, don't fucking reward that shit. Mm-hmm. Stop giving me that guy who won't leave the woman alone, who doesn't even think she's special. She's literally just a potentially willing vagina. Mm -hmm. But if he just keeps hounding her and they get into a life or death situation, he will get there. But there's a, there's a tiny part of me, a tiny part of me. It's like he kept pushing it, but he waited for her to make the first move. It's not like he grabbed her, pulled her into the closet, and then started kissing her and was like, you were into this baby. And she's like, I am into this baby. Right. It was yeah. more, you know what? That. We maybe are about to die. I kind of would like to get my fuck on one last time. And hey, you're here. So yeah. if it yeah. were presented like that, I'd be kind of fine with it. And it sort of is. But the fact it that he spent semi, the yeah. entire time leering at her from start to finish immediately hit on her in their first conversation. It's just gross. Yeah. This all reminds me a little bit of, of one of my podcast friends telling a story about how um, their, and I'm going to get the details wrong for sure, but how their like friend's son was um, really interested um, in, in this, uh, you know, girl at his school and how he, he had asked her out, but she'd said no. And, um, and, and th this, this person was talking to him and, um, he said, yeah, no, so she's not interested in me. And and the the person said, well, you know what you need to do. And he's like, yeah, I know. I need to keep trying and, and uh, you know, and, and eventually. And, and they were like, no, you need to stop it. Find someone else to be interested in. When someone says no, they mean no. Leave them the fuck alone. 
And like, it was one of these things like, I don't think they'd ever heard that before. Like, it's not fucking John Cusack with the boom box. And if you just try fucking hard enough, then you can can get with somebody that you really like. No, if someone turns you down, you say, thank you for your time. Bye now. Yeah, that's it. That is the end of that conversation, unless that person decides to change their mind, in which case they can be like, actually, no second thought, maybe. And you know what? Then you can say, I'm not interested anymore. And that ends that conversation. Yep. No means no. It doesn't mean try harder. Yeah. And and there's just this per- pervasive thing in our culture of all these movies and songs and shit like that's like but if I you love just you so much. Yeah, if you just, just keep know. at it. I'm just gonna don't friend zone me. Yeah, you just gotta keep plugging at it. You just gotta you just gotta show her. You gotta convince her. And uh, you know, worst case scenario you can just revenge of the nerd that situation and straight oh up rape her. I, it's That's, I I never watched that, but I yeah the, no thanks, no thanks on that. So this it's not mm, it's not quite that it is because she quite that. she does decide to be like yeah I'll take it fuck it the situation is bonkers I've I've changed my mind, but the persistence should not be rewarded nor should it just be present and it's just the leering just the just the leering Megan and they don't actually wind up getting to have sex because Glendeville <laughs> shoots that guy. Megan, Megan, Uh let's talk about the monsters. Let's talk about these ghosts of Mars, Amber. How does this work? Well, I'm so glad you asked. The general conceit is, of course, you know, we find these decapitated people and they're all hanging upside down and then we see heads on sticks and like, what's happening? Clearly Ice Cube didn't do this. He's been in in a prison cell. I'm sorry, Desolation. Desolation didn't do this. He's been in a prison cell this whole time. And we have a scientist who's also in a prison cell. And she, she seems to have an idea of what's going on. But people are getting possessed by red dust, mutilating themselves and going full Martian, and then decapitating, pretty much universally decapitating anyone who isn't possessed and going full Martian. Right. And this red dust was released from an ancient vault by the scientist accidental like it was it was is a whoopsie it was a whoopsie release it, it was a whoopsie release yeah i mean how was she supposed to know the door would immediately disintegrate the second she touched it also just don't touch things that are strange and clearly weren't made by you and exist on a planet that you thought wasn't inhabited but hey you know choices were made choices were made they were mining they found an ancient tunnel that yeah why not explore it why not it i have so many questions about this uh, Presumably the vault was made before Earth people got there. So someone made that vault. Does that mean that Mars people put their own ghost dust in a vault? Yeah. And then sort of like had a break glass in case of colonizing emergency situation going on? Well, one thought I had was that maybe it's, you know, they didn't actually go, like they they broke down, they, they disintegrated the door and then all the ghosts came out. It's possible if you actually were able to venture in there, maybe like that's like a burial ground or a tomb or something. And so the, these these Martians were just able to, you know, once they die, their their essence comes out of their bodies and they, and, but the tomb hadn't been opened and they were released. 
Okay, sure. Fuck it. Why, why not? Why not? So, I mean, someone sealed that tomb. Well, that is, yeah, you make a good point. Someone sealed that tomb with runes on the outside. And any hoozles. Uh, whether or not this is just what Martians look like, or if this is their actual like ghost essence, I, I think the scientist lady, who's who's Whitlock, played by Joanna Cassidy, and I, she's lovely. I, I think she did an excellent yeah. job of being Absolutely. a harried drunk scientist. She compares it to organisms that you know during extreme droughts sort of like burrow underground and wait to be rehydrated, and then they go about living again. So it's sort of it went dormant. So maybe this is just what they look like and they can possess, yeah. whatever. Their whole deal is Mars is theirs. They don't like that, that Earthen, Earthian people are there. So they're going to possess them and decapitate all of them. Just really big. I can't, I can't explain to you enough how important it is to decapitate everyone. The, the decapitating is paramount. Yeah. Yep. If you can't, if you can't get them possessed by a ghost Martian, you gotta decapitate. Take that head right off and then put it on something. Don't waste the head. Yeah. Well, it's important to kind of little bit, little bit of fear into people. These like predator does. These Martians are big on aesthetics like there's there's not just the mobiles of disassembled scissors and teeth jars there's also just what they're doing to their own faces sometimes it's just scratching and scarification sometimes it's just sticking blades and yet more scissors through them one lady had like pierced her nipple with a screw somebody else had made a bra out of severed hands that they'd painted blue that was interesting that was a nice touch that was totally interesting we get to find this one guy who gets possessed while he's in the jail cell, they kind of, um, this is the one Clay Duvall shot and kind of ruined the chances of uh, uh, Henstrich and Statham getting together. Um, uh, and he'd been just in this jail cell alone. And just in the time that he was alone in the jail cell, he'd like scratched like, um, you know, patterns onto his face. But then also, and I, I don't, I, I don't really want to say this out loud because it's so it was so say upsetting it. to me. Say it, Megan. But but and so nobody listened to what I'm about to say because it's super gross. He'd managed to take off. I want to say up to the first knuckle of each finger's flesh off, and so it was just bone at the end of each of his fingers. He'd taken like the nails and the fingertips off. Um, yeah, meat free. My my like my my like fingers are like pulse pulsing. The finger my fingertips are pulsing talking about this because it's mm. just so upsetting to me. It was anyway. It was interesting. It was, it was really gross. It, <laughs> I mean, it's not his body. It's just the meat suit he's possessing. It's true, and like they 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 hit that hard. If you are into this like like kind of pulpy, gross horror gruesome bloodiness thing like this this is it's got some interesting upsetting things in it just like that yep oh they also filed down all of their teeth yeah they did it so quickly too oh, yeah they're very good at that uh, for no real reason there were no bitings no i think it's, it's, it's it was a just, look though they had, a, they had a, look. a very specific look that they were going yeah. for and then there was there's there was a hierarchy uh, there were the yes. grunt ghosts, and then there was Big Daddy Mars, the actual Big name Daddy of the Mars. actual character, yeah. who was played by a stuntman named Richard Citrone. His direction seemed to involve, I need you to just scream a lot. 
and then yes. shout kind of caveman gibberish. Not a, mm-hmm. I don't want a lot of consonants if you're going to be like talking instead of just screaming. I kind of want like mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not actually no. not being facetious there. That was that was Martian dialogue. They're, they're very zombie-esque. I don't know. Like, they, they, they just keep... They don't seem to feel pain. They just kind of keep coming at you. Well, again, it's not their they're, meat suit. Yeah, yeah. And true. they can't die, you know? Right. Here's the problem. You kill one, the ghost comes out of it, and then possesses you. Like yeah, it goes right in your ear. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's a problem that they needed to solve. Didn't solve. And then did whoopsie never solve. solved. Yeah. And then didn't use the whoopsie solve for anything. That Ever was again. an amazing part of the movie. Yes, it was. Because, you know, they, they, they have already established through flashbacks and then flashbacks and flashbacks and flashbacks and just in, in basically just observation. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's possessed dies. Somebody else gets possessed. The dust comes. You can see the dust. You can see it. Mm-hmm. And then the scientist straight up says it. And then... Uh, apparently Desolation's brother and two of his friends came to, to prison break him and they wind up getting involved in this mess because it's really hard to prison break somebody in the middle of a decapitation demon possession situation. Uh, but they also witnessed this happen to the mining town. They're just like, these motherfuckers just got like, the dust came, they passed out for a while. We continued to just sit here and we watch them. And then and watched. after yeah. like an hour or so, some of them woke up and they seemed fine. And other ones woke up and they were just like doing some shit. They just like cutting themselves and doing weird things. And then the normal ones were sort of just watching them do it, I guess. And then they just started beheading the normal ones and then cutting off their faces and putting their faces on like masks. Don't worry. They show one of them doing it. We do get, yeah, we do. We don't have to use our imagination because we have a flashback and a flashback and a flashback. Right. We have Mm -hmm. Natasha Henstridge telling us about Jason Statham, telling us about Desolation's crew, telling us about the Martians possessing the miners. It's amazing. Everything's great. So we know, we know. Killing them doesn't really do any good. In fact, it makes the situation worse. And we have this guy in a prison cell. But gosh darn it, he's doing some freaky shit and Clay Duvall eventually just shoots him. So Natasha mm-hmm. Henstridge not only doesn't get to have sex with Jason Statham, she gets possessed. So they toss her outside. That's fair. So they, t- yeah, I mean, that's like, actually fair. that's the reasonable thing to do. And they probably should have done it with the dude beforehand. You yeah. know, the dude in the cell should have been to- tossed outside. Yeah. Let him join his people. He wants to yeah. be with them, can, you have to assume. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I read you the end of Roger Ebert's uh, review, which addresses this exact situation? Oh, this yes, is the do. culmination of his entire review, which is, after Melanie is uh, possessed by a ghost, Desolation administers a fix from her stash, which is a drug that she's been <gasps> using over this time. That's not what and happens the drug, at all. No? It's Statham. Statham does it. Oh, does Statham do it? Yeah, oh, Roger, it's Jericho you got it wrong. Um, the drug, whatever it is, inspires the alien to get out of her body fast. It is encouraging to learn that the ancient races of our solar system learn to just say no to drugs. Oh, geez, Ebert. I know, right? That's your takeaway. My, that, that's the last sentence. My takeaway from that scene was that so much actually happens in this moment. 
Jason Statham was about to have sex with Natasha Hendridge. So we, Jericho was about to have sex with Melanie. Clea Duvall, our, our Bashir Kincaid, shoots from the Martians. Everybody knows Henstridge is possessed. So Desolation and Jericho grab her, throw her outside. Mm-hmm. It, minutes after he was about to have sex with her. Then Desolation is like, here, this is hers. And he has her necklace. And Jericho's like, what the fuck are you doing with that? It's like, I stole it, didn't I? Yep. But I guess she should be possessed with it because we don't want to split her up from her effects. And Statham, Jericho, it's like, that's not a necklace. That's a stash. I mean, it is it is an act- actually a necklace. It's just also, just also holds drugs, which we know because in, in the beginning, as she's beginning her story for the council, we see her take drugs. One wonders... Did she tell the council at the beginning of her story that she took some drugs? Or is that just for us to see? But she she takes a, a pill out of her necklace and we see ocean waves. Apparently it's a, an ocean wave drug. We're just establishing that she's a drug addict so that this can mm-hmm. be part of it. So having realized that this necklace is full of drugs, knowing that she is possessed, Jericho takes a pill out of the necklace and puts it in her mouth saying something along the lines of, this should get out whatever's in your head. But then they leave her out there and lock the door. They do. They do. So it sort of seems like he maybe thinks it'll help for some reason, but maybe not really. Whatever. It actually does. She vomits up the gas, manages to convince them to let her back in. And you think, oh, awesome. So they can all just get high and see ocean waves and that that'll at least that's a temporary fix because every time they kill one of these dudes they just make more gas which will possess them you and they kill a lot of them there's they have to get to the train but the train's not there and then they just turn back and shoot everything as they're getting pinged with actual like saw blades that are taking people's arms and heads off with a single yeah. toss and they are sh- very good throwers of those saw blades they, are very they get good the-, the saw blades yeah, yeah. They get they get them like the right you know spin on them so it's clean cut through bone like yeah. butter. There's there's, mm-hmm. there's that one guy who's shooting and then they manage to take off his his arm at the forearm, but then he keeps shooting, which is really impressive yeah. until they take off his head. Very good throwers of the the saw blades, but they've killed a lot of these things. They clearly need a solution to the getting possessed problem, and they have it. They do, and they promptly ignore it. And they decide to nuke them all instead. And the scientist woman's like, she's asked if that will, will you know, murder the, the mist. And she's like, hmm. It will certainly like, destroy the host. It will certainly, which is not the problem. They've been destroying the host left and right. That's never been the issue, lady. And, and of course, Henstridge's character's like, good enough for me. What is good enough for you? She told you she doesn't know, but you're just going to, okay, fuck it. Tr- trigger a nuclear fuck explosion. It, fuck it, I guess. And it, and at this point, she's mad because she's, yeah. she's seen inside the Martian mind. You know, as right. she was getting possessed and the drug fought it off or helped her fight it off, she comes mm-hmm. back in and she's like, I've seen into the It's sort of like that Slither thing, you know, when the slug gets yes. in, the, in the girl's mouth yeah, you and get she's the like, I get the master history. plan. She's yep. like, oh man, is, this is their planet and their one purpose in coming back is is to wipe us out of existence and you know stop mm-hmm. any other living living thing from claiming their planet. Well, this isn't their planet anymore. So let's fucking blow them off. <laughs> and she says all of it. They decide to go back to do this. They're safe. They the small number of them get 
get out on the train and they're headed to the main city. And what they should do is go back to the main city, tell the story, and like with all of them there to 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 like figure this shit out. But no, they head the fuck back to blow him up with a nuke and lose everyone but desolation. Every single person and yeah. Melanie Ballard. Everyone yeah. dies but those two to blow up the plant, and it super doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Yeah, because, yeah. This movie is, is delightful in its pointlessness. I, 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 You know, I do kind of love a pointless movie. And Lockout mm-hmm. was like that for me, only it yeah. was cleverer and funnier and better action, and, and Guy Pierce is just delightful to watch in an action role. Just a completely disaffected accent. I, we've already talked about it. I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to go there, but I love it. They have a cure, but they're not going to use it. Everyone's mm-hmm. dead. Pam Greer dies off camera really early in the movie. That, oh, that burns that my biscuits. Was a bummer. Yeah, that was a fucking bummer. We see her head. We don't even see her. She doesn't even get to go out like a badass. We just see a head. Oh, very upsetting to me. Oh, oh. And before we get to the very end, remember that scene with the dude and the drug and the machete? Oh, boy. Yeah. So, so, um, one of the folks that came in to help Ice Cube escape. Um, keeps doing like he's got this like inhaler of nitrous um, <laughs> that he just keeps inhaling. And uh, yeah, he he ends up just taking a big puff of the nitrous and then going to, I guess, um, he, there doesn't fucking matter. He cuts his own like thumb off with a fucking butcher knife. But it's funny because he's flirting while he's doing it. Yes. So he's like super high. There's there's this character named Akushé who's played by Wanda De Jesus and she is amazing. She's yeah, barely she's in the movie. Yeah. She she dies really early. She's in one of the prison cells. And there's just something about her aesthetic and her swagger that I am immediately drawn to. And apparently mm-hmm. so is Dose, played by Lobo Sebastian, who is hitting this nitrous super hard. And you know she she's trying to get the top of this can off cuz I think they're making bombs with the cans. Yeah, they're 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 putting bombs in the cans so the cans are shrapnel that hit them. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And she's you know she's she's working on it. He's like, hey, let me get that. Mm-hmm. And he puts the can down, pulls out the machete, and he's just like giving her a look. Mm-hmm. And then he just cuts down and cuts his fucking thumb off. It's great. Does not react. Why is we this don't- happening? Yeah. Yep. And meanwhile, Akushé is just like, <sniffs> dumbass, just watching him and he passes out and falls over. Wh- why? Why is that scene I happening? Don't, I don't know, Amber. It's, I, I don't know. It amounts to nothing. It's just a dude being an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty great. It was I, for love. For love. I guess. Amber, after um, Natasha Hendrich tells the Inquisitor her entire story. What, what is the decision? Well, she thinks about it for all of two seconds and says, yeah. are we going to tell the cartel? Who's the cartel? I don't, I know. don't know. Apparently it's, some yeah. ruling body above the Inquisitor. Are we really going to tell the cartel that ghosts are killing people and that we have ghosts headed for the city? I'm, I'm thinking the answer is no, because nobody does anything. And uh, the yeah. dust that was definitely not destroyed by the nuclear explosion descends on the city sirens go off people are screaming and natasa henstrich can hear it all from within her holding cell but megan amber desolation 
has yes. also survived. He he gets off the train before it arrives in the city because he doesn't want to be a scapegoat for this nonsense. He's the one who handcuffed right. her and, and peaced yep. out. And because he knew that she would turn him in, even though she said she wouldn't. Well, I mean, she said she'd vouch for him, but, you know, she's oh, still, it's, it's still protocol. Yeah, she still true. works for the woman. You know, she doesn't work mm-hmm. for the man because it's a matriarchal society. Yeah. He's like, you work for the woman and I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. You've got the woman behind your bullshit is something yep. he says in the movie to, sure. to really remember. It's a matriarchal society. Mm-hmm. So you just. It's just the same thing. Just, but with, yeah, we replace the gender yeah. with the other, with, an, yeah. with another gender. Yep. So that's. Anywho, he's still alive, mm-hmm. and he comes, busts her out of her prison cell, hands her a nickel-plated frickin' MP5K. Why does he have two nickel-plated MP5Ks on him? Because he's Where did he Ice get Cube. This? Yeah. Ice Cube is a, is a delight in this movie. I just, like, we haven't talked about him enough, but, like, he's great in this. He's ridiculous. He's fun. He's got that pouty swagger going on. Yeah, he's just—he's yeah. mad at everything. He's not—he's not amused by any of it. But he will shoot stuff mm-hmm. and be moody. Yes, he will. Apparently, Statham was supposed to be in this role, and then they were like, "Nah, if we can get Ice Cube, we want Ice Cube." Of course, you get Ice Cube. Yeah. You can have Ice Cube. Yeah, makes me want to watch that second Triple X in between the first and the third one, State of the Union. We should do that. Yeah. Yes, we should absolutely. Yeah, Ice Cube was fun, and and he rescues her at the at the end. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, then they run off into a city being possessed by Martian gas that they can't really do anything about, they, except that they, they could if they just took a bunch of drugs. Right. If if he got um yeah if if they got um high, they would actually save the entire city. At least at least give them time to escape or or think of a plan or yeah. I mean, I they they are colonizing a planet that is apparently still occupied by the ghosts of its original inhabitants. I guess it's I, you should probably go. You should probably just go. You should probably just go. It'd be the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that is Ghosts of Mars. You're that welcome. Is ghosts of Mars, everyone. Amber, how would you rate this movie on the rock scale? Regrettable, outstanding, craze balls, or K? Is this like a regrettable craze balls? It's somewhere in there. And and it is I again I can I can see why it became a I, I see why there's a cult following to this movie I can see if you like those kind of slasher horror genres like this this has this up the wazoo it's I don't think it's for me but I can see why some people enjoyed it and and like the, that camp that amount of camp in their movie. It is definitely something. It's all yeah. dusty and red and westerny, sci-fi, swaggery, cop, body horror, mutilation, decapitations, severed arms, shoot 'em, blow 'em up. Yeah. Movie. Yes. Yeah. With I I I can't stress this enough. A brief flash of a bra made out of severed hands that have been painted blue. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's there's your there's some of your craze balls. And a person putting on the face of another person that they've just removed from that person. Megan. Anywho, yes, Amber. Do you have an Abby story? Well, Amber, one of the things that um that Abby does, um, which is it's it's both adorable and terrible all at the same time, 
is um when i uh when i go to visit i um sleep uh tend to sleep in in the den and um abby when she wakes up at say five in the morning will often just come wake me up just to kind of make sure i'm there (laughs) and it's very sweet that she's so excited to see me and it is also 5 a.m yeah that's terrible Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like the terribleness is outweighed by the sweetness on that one. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Because it's five a.m. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like she it's, she could she could be sweet at like two hours after that. Yeah, it's it's sweet in in retrospect, where I've already gotten a few weeks of sleeping in between me and that event. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like Christmas morning when Maggie's there. Just got to go wake her up in the den. She cannot yeah, wait can't, another minute. Cannot. Yeah, exactly. Amber, do you have a recommendation? I don't know. Every time. I'm going to be lazy and just say, hey, let's watch another early days Statham movie that also happens to be part of my favorite self-proclaimed Jet Li trilogy. Okay. I don't know if you know this let's, about me, Megan, but I really like yes. Jet Li. Yeah. And there was a period in my life beautiful shining moment in the early 2000s where he just dropped like three American movies, just bam, 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 mm-hmm. of, of varying quality, but I I, I adore them each. Uh, we have The One, Romeo Must Die, and Kiss of the Dragon. Yes. They're not related in any way, but I, for some reason, think of them as a Jet Li American movie trilogy. And uh, yeah, Jason Statham's in The One, and as is Delroy Lindo, and Delroy Lindo is also in Romeo Must Die. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Jet Li's also in Kiss of the Dragon. So, I mean, they're related because of that. But I'm just saying yes, there's some overlap. We should do them all in order of ascending quality. Yeah, I think that's the only way to do it. You can't watch Kiss of the Dragon first. That's ridiculous. Oh, I'm so excited to watch Kiss of the Dragon. I haven't watched it in a while. Gosh, I hope it holds up. Gosh, I hope it doesn't do something terrible. Oh, man. There are some beautiful action set pieces in that. It's... Oh, jelly choreography. Oh, gosh. The freaking assault on the precinct. The dojo scene, Megan. The oh, dojo boy. scene, Megan. Okay, I'm excited to watch this dojo scene. So excited. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's watch the one. That's the one we'll do first. It'll, it's connected okay. to this movie because Jason Statham. Excellent. Let's, let's, let's do that. I recommend a movie trilogy that isn't a real movie trilogy. To the one. Let's go there now. oh wait we have to do your recommendation first megan what's your recommendation so amber um as as some listener as some eagle-eared listeners might uh uh hear um i i have a a new little um noisemaker in the house uh, a little puppy named popcorn uh she's adorable and uh pretty good is this a Making some noises right now. Is this a recommendation? It or? is. Um, uh, get a get a dog. Go to a rescue. Oh, bold. Go to, go to a rescue group. You can get a cat too. That's okay by me. Uh, rescue rescue a, a puppy, a kitten, a dog, a cat, a senior animal. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's it. a that's a really that's kind of an aggressive recommendation. That's yeah. Change Still the course your- of your life. And your ability to leave town forever. Yeah, fill your life with love and fur. Lots of fur and picking up poop. 
And there's a lot of picking up poop with living with animals. This is true. I'm not against this. I Muppet Muppet was a shelter dog. I mean, yep. if anybody's met Muppet, they would assume that. <laughs> yes. Sweet little broken street dog. Yeah. But uh, Megan, um, I do I do remember as it was mere days ago the process you had to go through. So just. Maybe maybe gird their loins a bit for if they actually sure. want to rescue a dog right now, how hard it might be. It So I would say um, if you, well, it depends on where you are. I'm in the Northeast. It makes it a little bit harder. I also, the, the first rescue group I found was a little bit, a little bit of a lot in their persnickety-ness of things. I wasn't able to have a puppy because I didn't have a fence, which seems very ridiculous um but but there are places like when i found this rescue group it, it all happened very quickly um so so you know try to you know put your feelers out there and see 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 what you can do um if, if apparently you're in louisiana my cousin was telling me you can just go and get a dog um you know they're like here have this dog yeah so, depends where you are yeah being obviously. in the northeast does make things a bit different or if, you know, you want a dog that no one else wants, they will be like, here, please take this dog. Please take this dog. No one else can touch him. Oh, you can't either? Well, anyway, I'm hopeful. this dog. I'm hopeful yeah. that maybe one day Muppet would have <laughs> let me touch him. <laughs> Luckily, and that worked out. That worked out really nicely. It was pretty quick. It Once was. Once he realized there was no other choice. Exactly. He's like, well, that's the key Bond to Muppet. You. Tear mm-hmm. him away from all that he's familiar with. Be the only vaguely familiar thing and give him no alternatives. Yeah. That's how you get the love of a Muppet. Yeah. Who adopts a dog they can't touch? Amber did. I like broken things. I see myself in them. It's really it's just a, just narcissism. Oh, I see. I see. Well, Amber, let's, let's end how I always do by saying yeah. to you, my friend, mm-hmm. you got some rock and roll thunder. I personally have rock and roll thunder. Mm. What does that mean? It's, it's, a, it's another song by ACDC. Yeah, but what does it mean, Megan? You're, um, the, you're the one well, introducing this into our conversation. What does I have some rock and roll thunder mean? Um, well, with lyrics like, hey, 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 I got some rock and roll thunder, the band might not be trying to stretch their lyrical chops, but so what? Props to them for still finding catchy ways to incorporate rock into a chorus more than 38 years into their career. Oh, jeez, don't give them credit for doing that. They're just putting (laughs) rock and roll in front of another word. It's rock and roll word salad. It is the dialogue from that movie we watched. Yeah. Expendables. It's Expendables dialogue. Action trope, action trope, action trope. This is rock and roll, pick a word. Rock and roll, polka dot. Rock and roll, paisley. Rock and roll, alpaca. I would listen to rock and roll, alpaca. You make me so tired. Bye, Amber. Bye, Megan. Have a good weekend this year. 